All right. This is now part two with our sit down with Art Perez as he talks about uh, the documentary that he is uh, going to be filming. So we brought you on for a specific reason and uh, you reach out to me and you know, you wanted me to uh, help you out on something and I'll definitely post that. But, uh, but you're shooting a documentary and I'm, you know, just take the floor and tell everybody out there what the documentary is and how you came to, um, you know, to take on this project and, and what it means to you and what you plan on doing with it. So, uh, you know, have at it and just, uh, speak what you want to say. Sure. Absolutely. First, again, I just want to appreciate you guys for giving me the uh, platform to, you know, speak to people. Um, this particular project is actually a very personal project. Uh, something that I've, uh, I guess haven't been ready up until now to take on. Um, so I grew up in a household where I had a stepfather, as I'm sure a lot, there's a lot of people that I, even that I know that can relate to that, where they grew up with step parents or maybe just a single family, a single uh, like mother or father or something like that. Um, so I grew up in that situation where I had a stepdad, uh, never really met my biological father. And, uh, you know, for the most part, it was good. I mean, uh, my stepdad was one of those uh, tough love type of guys, you know, be a man you know, stick to your word, you know, very, very well upbringing. And so I have no regrets there. And, uh, you know, uh, my stepdad's not really a cigar smoker, but, you know, shout out to him. <laughs> um, but yeah. And so basically what it is, is that the documentary is just me on a journey to meet track down and meet my biological father. And, um, Obviously, I, I have to talk to several people and a lot of the conversations I've already had and recorded. So uh, we filmed a very powerful conversation with my stepdad, um, you know, and, and we get into uh, the nuances of, you know, stepping in to, you know, raise two children. At the time, my mom uh, had two of us, you know, by the time that my uh, biological dad stepped away from the picture, I was, you know, just a baby. Uh, and my sister's actually four years older than me. So she was also affected by it. Uh, I would say in a much stronger way. Um, but again, we never really talked about it. And when we did, it was very like on the hush. And so I spoke to my father and we were, we, we filmed it and it was a very uh, powerful conversation where he got emotional. And again, I say that he was a, he's a very tough guy and for him to get emotional was something amazing. Um, and obviously we also had a conversation with my mother and how that affected her and, you know, the steps necessary uh, to just continue on after someone leaves you in such a fragile state. And I, I personally would never be able to relate to, you know, trying to raise two kids on your own and then meeting a guy and then having them step into the picture. Uh, and then, you know, obviously they got remarried and uh, they had, they had three additional kids. So I have, I have three uh, younger brothers uh, who are amazing and I love them. Um, but, you know, obviously, when, when you speak to them about certain situations like this, it's hard for them to uh, relate because, you know, they, they had their father in the picture. So it's really hard. And, and like I said, growing up in that sense, we just we were all brothers. There was no like stepbrothers. That, that's not my stepdad. That's my dad, you know. Um, but deep down, there was always that sense that, uh, you know, at some point in my life, I'd like to go and meet this guy um, just to kind of close the chapter on that. And I feel like now in my where I'm at in my life today, 
Uh, I have an amazing wife who uh, we've been married for three years and we've known each other for about six, six to seven years. Uh, I have two amazing boys, uh, Oz and Sai, uh, two years old and uh, Sai is four months now. So two small boys. And the way I look at it now is I could never abandon my family. I mean, and, and I'm sure a lot of fathers are in the same position where if you really put yourself in that position and you say, hey, would I be able to leave my family? The answer 99 times out of 10 or out of 100 would be absolutely not. You would not be able to leave your, your family and, and your wife and, and your kids. And, and that's kind of where I started thinking about, hey, I wonder what the story is. Because as of now, the only information that I've got was from uh, you know, my mother's side of the story and my stepdad's side of the story. And we never really had an open conversation. And, uh, you know, I just felt it was, it was time to start this adventure, track this, uh, this man down and just have a, a very open conversation. And I felt that what better way uh, than to actually make a documentary. I feel like this would actually help uh, people that might be in the same predicament that, Maybe they don't have the means or maybe this might inspire them to go off and, and meet their father. And um, with that being said, so obviously we've we've filmed a lot of stuff. Uh, I actually have also had a conversation with one of the top therapists uh, in Scottsdale, Arizona. And uh, we had a great conversation about just the just the the, the intricate uh, dynamics of family households in joint custody households versus uh, step, you know, parenting versus uh, just single parenting households and how that affects kids and how they grow up to be different people altogether just by a small thing like having an absentee parent. And so a lot goes into that and we talk about that in the film. And so that's my journey, whereas I'm shooting this documentary and our next step is to plan out uh, tracking uh, this man down and from what we, from what I have, the information that I have right now is he lives in Mexico City. So um, the plan is to have a few more conversations with uh, several of his family members. His sister actually lives in Los Angeles, so uh, we've already reached out and uh, we still haven't quite um, set a time to meet yet. But I'd like to have that conversation with her and get her side of things. Um, and then fly from Phoenix to Mexico. I don't know my way around Mexico. Uh, I've never been there. Um, but it would be an adventure just to go out there uh, to track him down and to have a very candid conversation about it. And, uh, you know, just kind of hear what the other side of the story is and where he was in his life to put himself in such a situation as to leave his family. And, uh, you know, like I said, I, I know that it's a very hard topic for a lot of people to talk about that uh, might be in that situation or are in that situation. Um, and I don't know if maybe you guys can relate or not, uh, but I feel like it's, it's powerful to me. It's something that has always been uh, on the back burner for me that, you know, at some point I'd like to go and, and meet this man and track him down and get his side of the story and figure out what's going on. Um, not so much to invite him into my life because, uh, quite frankly, I already have a father, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and my sons already have a grandpa. Um, but more so just to just to get his side of the story, just to hear him out. Um, and honestly, I, yeah, and honestly, I don't and, and close the chapter. Yeah. And honestly, I don't know what to expect. And I've yeah. had people reach out to me and tell me, hey, 
So what would happen if you were to go there and he started another family? That's okay. I mean, he doesn't owe me anything except right. just maybe an explanation. So right. that's where this, that's where this, uh, this, um, documentary, it's, it's a very candid, it's a very open, uh, format where I'm literally having these very deep conversations with these people that were affected by this and, uh, and putting it out there in a very raw sense for people to either relate or maybe just, you know, watch the film in an entertaining way that maybe they grew up in a very stable household and they can't imagine, they can't fathom uh, a household where the father is missing or this and that, but it, it's an eye opener for some people. And for other people, they might be able to relate very closely. They might be in a similar situation. So that's the reason why I reached out to you guys. Um, definitely just wanted to spread the word. Um, shooting a documentary is not a cheap process. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm sure you guys can relate because, you know, doing a podcast on your end is not a cheap process. Um, and so, you know, I've basically everything it thus far has been coming out of pocket and it's, it's hard to balance everything and to, you know, uh, you know, make sure financially everything's good at home, which luckily, uh, thank God everything's fine. And, you know, I, you know, I'm able to, um, you know, do something for myself in this case, start this project. And my wife's fully supportive of it. Again, we can, we can afford to do such a thing. So we're going to do it. But I also, it's an expensive process and tickets to Mexico are not cheap by any means. So I figured, you know, it, it was actually, wasn't my idea. Uh, but someone, uh, very close to me saw, the, uh, the, the initial footage and was like, wow, this is actually really powerful. When you said you were filming, I assumed there was going to be some just like cheap, you know, camcorder type of thing. Um, but I didn't know it was going to be like this. The way he described it when he was looking at the raw footage was as if he was watching a, a, an episode of Vice, which I'm not sure if you guys yeah. are familiar with. Yeah. No, so you, he's you like, shoot, yeah, you shoot multi-camera and it was, yeah, it's like professionally done. Yeah, well, I mean, I have some background in filmmaking, so obviously it, it, it's putting a talent that I already have, a craft that I've been honing uh, on my own, and then tying it with something that's very personal to me and putting these two things together um, to create something that I think is of value to people. Um, and it's not just, you know, I mean, I can go off and shoot some movie about, you know, uh, some random situation or some just make believe situation. And that's cool, you know, but I figure why not do something that's actually powerful to me. And that's, I think that's usually how it goes. I don't know if you guys, if you guys uh, may or may not agree, but I think when you shoot something that you believe in, you always find people that are on the same boat that be like, I believe in that too, or I'm in that same situation too. And maybe that gives them the strength or the ambition or uh, the inspiration to maybe go off and do something that they've been putting on the back burner, or maybe just start that conversation. Maybe after they watch that documentary, they're like, Oh, you know, and, and maybe that sparks a conversation in their household. And that's, that would be a win to me. So with that being said, that's why I'm shooting this documentary. And that's why I decided to start a GoFundMe. I figure, you know, what better way to start uh, spreading the word than to do a GoFundMe. And at the same time, if anyone actually believes in this project enough to, uh, you know, donate a few bucks, that would be amazing as well. And I'd, I'd appreciate that. Again, all this is just to offset the cost of finishing this documentary. And, uh, and that's where I am right now. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I have, I have a few questions, so we'll just kind of 
go down the line. So I, I saw one of the first initial videos um, where you talk to your mom and you say, Hey, I'm, I'm going to shoot a documentary. And like, you could tell like she was supportive. That was awesome. But then you told her what you're doing. You said, you're going to go meet uh, uh, Arturo and like her face changed. So what was her take on that? I mean, you can kind of see the visual aspect, but you know, off camera, was it, you know, was she uh, subjective to it or was she like, I don't know. Or like, what was just her take on it on her on, you know, when you, once you told her that news, uh, well, obviously I've been, I've been just kind of releasing little tidbits, little teasers of what I have. Um, I don't want to give out the whole, I don't want to give away. <laughs> right, right. But to answer your question, she's been very supportive as any mother would. Um, she's always been like, Hey, you have the talent to go and shoot a movie. You should shoot a movie. And I've been hearing this for a long time. Um, I actually went to film school, so I do have a background there and, uh, and never really pursued anything in that sense. It was always more just like a, a passion, a hobby for me. Um, and uh, she's always been very supportive when it comes to me shooting a movie. And this is actually the first time that I've been very passionate and like, okay, I'm going to shoot this. So yeah, absolutely. When I called her, uh, uh, it was face. I FaceTimed her. Is that the one you're talking about where yeah. I FaceTimed her? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, at first she was like, Oh, absolutely. And you're right. She was very supportive. She was very excited. She didn't know. And it's funny because, I've had, I've had people tell me, is, was that real? 100%. She did not know I was filming her at the time. <laughs> and so like to her, it was just uh, simply me calling to say hi and, yeah. you know, tell her how the kids are and whatnot. And, uh, and then once I told her, Hey, I'm going to go meet Arturo, my real dad, my, my biological father. Yes. It took her by surprise. Um, and then we've already had an actual conversation where we had the interview face to face. Um, she actually came down. She lives in California, in Southern California. So she came down and we had a great conversation and um, she was super supportive. And again, it was a very powerful conversation, something that we have never had a discussion that openly about that particular topic. Um, so it was definitely very, uh, it was new to both of us and it was very cleansing. But I feel at the end, you know, we shed tears to answer your question she's very supportive and she's like okay yeah if that's if that's what you have to do then then do it i mean I, in a way maybe my opinion is that she has been anticipating this for a while now that at some point either uh, my older sister or me were going to have to go and find them so i feel like she was already anticipating this from either one of us at some point sure so i so i i grew up with both my parents you know they just celebrated their 39th or 40th anniversary. So I, I didn't grow up in a, in a split home or anything like that. So I can't come to, I, I can't have those same feelings like what you just talked about, but I know plenty of friends that have, and, you know, and out of my friends, you know, it's kind of split half and half where some say, you know, whoever left, like, fuck them. I don't care anything at all. Mm. You know, they, they walked out on me. They walked out on, you know, my parent, whoever stayed mom or dad. And then the other half would be like, yeah, you know, I, I, I want to know why, or, you know, am I the reason, which I think a lot of, a lot of kids kind of take that guilt on saying, you know, did they leave because of me? Was I the burden or whatever? But like, what are you, what are you wanting to get out of it? Are you, do you, do you have an end game that you're, that you want to happen or do you, are you expecting a certain outcome out of it? 
I'm not expecting anything. And that's actually a really good question. Um, yeah. No, I'm not expecting anything. I have no uh, judgments. I have no, uh, like, like, hey, you owe me something. None of that. It's a very, like, whatever happens, happens. Uh, I guess all I'm deserved is just an explanation. And that's it. I don't, I don't want anything. I'm not seeking anything uh, other than just, uh, just the other side of the story. And, uh, and yeah, you, you actually nailed it 100%. There are those uh, uh, people that I've, I've actually met, you know, other people that are, were in very similar situations. And yeah, they're exactly that where they're, where they say, fuck that guy. And, and, and I don't want to ever hear about him. And he left us. And absolutely. There are those people. That's 100% correct. But I feel that it really depends on a few different factors. One is um, how much you were affected by it. Like how deeply were you affected by it in terms of were you guys very close and then he left? How old were you when that, per- that person age. left? Uh, yeah, exactly. The age has a huge factor to play into it. How close were you? Um, and then also how much internal uh, work have you done you know, with yourself? I mean, that's also a huge thing, not just in this particular situation, but everyone has issues, whatever situation that may be. Um, And how much work have you done to try and uh, work those issues out, whether that be with the therapist, whether that be talking to friends and family, or whether that be having very serious conversations with yourself, very honest conversations about, you know, whatever personal thing that may be. And we all have, you know, demons, we all have skeletons in our closet that we either choose to confront or choose to ignore. Um, But really, yes, there was a time in my life where I felt that way that I said, oh, fuck that guy. I don't, we don't need him. I don't need him here. Like I'm doing great by myself. And I guess at some point, you know, and again, this has been something that I've been working on for years. At some point, I just came to a conclusion that he's, he's not, I'm, I'm not affected by him in any way, whether he's here, whether he's there, whether he's, you know, at the end of the day, my father, my dad is my stepdad. That's who I claim my dad. And that's who I tell, that's who I tell my kids are. My, 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 I tell my kids, like, that's, that's grandpa. And he, he comes to visit. He lives in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar. It's like yep. two hours from here. And uh, he lives up there, uh, works for the school district. And uh, he makes it a point to come down at least, at least every other weekend just to come see his grandkids, nice. say what's up. And, and uh, you know, that, that right there is a dad. That right there is a grandpa. It's someone who's there, you know? So, in my sense, that's my dad, and, and and I don't really need and or want anything from this biological guy other than your side of the story. And and once I get it, I'll be like, hey, you know, I appreciate it very maturely. I'm gonna I'm gonna thank him for his time in whatever situation he may be in, and then be like, okay, great, it was nice to meet you. Uh, sayonara. <laughs> yeah, right. No, I mean you're I mean you're definitely opening yourself up to be you know vulnerable. You're going to have emotions yep. that you haven't felt or anything. Are you going into it as like a Gonzo aspect? Like you're just going to like go up to him and be like, "Hey, I'm your son," or are you going to reach out to him first and foremost to you know open the door that way? Or you know which way are you going into actually meeting uh, the biological? Well, I mean, realistically, um, because I'm traveling from such a far distance. I don't think I have the option of coming at him with a surprise attack. I don't think I have that. Yeah. I mean, I have to reach out to several people again. I, I, yeah, exactly. Again, I don't, 
I don't know Mexico City. I don't have any family in Mexico City. So, I, you know, I, I don't know other than the fact that I'm going to reach out to several people. Um, one of those people is actually my cousin on his side. Um, so it's actually his um, sister's son. And uh, we actually became friends on Instagram like four years ago, right? He, uh, he travels a lot. I, 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 he's either like a professional cyclist or something like that. Uh, but he spent a lot of time in like, uh, Amsterdam and he's all over the place. So I don't know how, but he just started following one day on Instagram. And so we reached out. And so I do know of him and we talk every once in a while and he's like, Hey, what's up? But we've never had that conversation of like, Hey, how's my dad? And him being like, Oh, well, you know, we've never had that conversation. I think he's respecting me enough to be like, I'm not going to bring it up unless he brings it up. And again, that's, I, I feel like that's my point of entry. Um, and again, I also want to speak right. to his mom, which lives in LA. And uh, I feel by the time I speak to these people, they might sound the siren like, Hey, your son's coming your way, you know? Sure. Yeah. But you kind of want him to know, cause I think you're probably the way you're going to attack the way you're going to go, uh, approach him attacks the wrong way to approach is you want him to be receptive to the conversation. So you need- sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Want- yeah, I, I don't. I don't want him to feel uh, uh, attacked or bum rushed. Absolutely not. No one wants to feel that way. Right. Hundred yeah. percent. And I think that will make for a better end film, a better end product. Um, you know, how how old were you uh, when you left? I was young. So my sister was. I think I was like three. So again, I wasn't very affected in that sense. You know. Sure. So do you, do you uh, have any with- memories? None. None at all to be honest. And, uh, so it's honestly, it's really my sister who was much more affected by it. Um, but there's, you know, so she'll, she'll remember, she'll have memories. So what, what what is her, what was her take on it? Was there any pushback from her? Well, I'll be honest in saying that there's still continual pushback. Uh That's one of those conversations that I still have not gathered. Um, she's very supportive. She's very supportive of, uh, you know what I'm doing, but just me bringing it up has, uh, there's been certain feelings. Yeah. That have been surfaced. And, uh, and, and, you know, she's been a little hesitant to want to talk to me about that's one of those conversations that I still have not got that I'm going to get, (laughs) but it's going to be a conversation. You know what? I I, going, going into this, I knew there was going to be some pushback from someone. Mm -hmm. I didn't know who, but I knew there was going to be some pushback. So, I mean, that's, that's the pushback I'm getting. Obviously she was more affected by it, but I feel like for me that what affected me was growing up um, in that particular situation, you know, growing up without, uh, you know, your real dad, you know, I mean, yeah, I had my step, my stepdad, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's more of a, a provider. Like I said, he was more of a, of a, of a tough love type of guy. And so yeah. more of a provider and, and you know, it's just different when you have a biological dad there that, you know, you're, you're of him, you know, so he knows who you are deep down, you know, cause yeah. you are him, you know? Yeah. It's and, a different connection. And so, yeah, exactly. Unlike, you know, and I, I can relate, although my dad was in my life, it's still in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but my parents were divorced. Uh, I'm the older sibling. So I'm your sister. Um, and my sister is you. So, but not the exact situation, but my parents were divorced. Um, and so I can relate to the conversation between you and your sister in particular, because um, 
uh, that conversation, there's, there's a bond that is between my sister and I and some really intense conversations that her and I've had that are just between her and I, um, pretty intense because there's, there's an experience that, that her and I share mm-hmm. that no one else gets. Yeah. Now, people who've been through the same experience probably can relate, but um, it's a unique thing, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so- no, I, I, I agree with you. There is definitely uh, me and my sister are very close. And maybe exactly. it was this particular situation that brought us close. And for that reason, I'm respecting her, uh, her position. Um, but I don't know. I mean, like I said, maybe because you had that experience uh, having that conversation, do you have any things that maybe you could have done differently or maybe things that she could have done differently? Like what, when you spoke about that situation with your sister, what were some things that maybe you learned that maybe I could take away from it? So I, I think the first thing you did, which was a hundred percent right, was give her the space to be, to push back, to be unsure and all those things, because I'm a lot older than you are by 20 some years. And so, um, you know, it's, uh, it's a hard conversation. So it's not one of those you can rush. Yeah. Um, and so, and you can't tell anybody how they need to feel. No. And so I've always given Suzanne, who's my sister, as much room as she's needed. But when she calls, I take it first ring, right? Yeah. And sometimes we just, it's funny because we'll have some of the most inane sort of chit-chatty conversations in the middle of those intense runs where we're just checking on each other. Um, and, um, and then it'll kick right back in and we'll have the intense stuff. But the piece of advice I'll have is to not push, right? Um, because, um, it just takes time. It's just, as you know, your situation is a lot rawer than ours is. And you, you can hear my voice. This is, uh, I feel your, uh, your, your, your documentary is going to be powerful. I'm going to love watching it. Um, because the emotions are raw and they've got to be incredibly raw for you. Um, but don't push because that's the times that I've tried to, it never works out well, you know, give her the space she needs to, to get around to it. It's hard being the older one. Cause you're the one in charge and my yeah. sister's a lot more mature than I am. Um, but still you feel this responsibility. I'm sure your sister feels protective of you. Um, and so, you know, it's, is the older one. Sometimes it feels very much like, um, you're supposed to make everything better. Yeah. So give her space, you know, let her have that, that run to get her, her head around what's happening. Um, uh, you know, I don't know your sister, so, you know, it's, it's going to be tough for both of you, but I, I think it's uh, just thinking about the emotions that you're going to go through when you sit down and meet your biological uh, father, it's, it's gotta be, um, it's going to be something. Uh, I want to see that um, for sure. It is something that from a child's point of view, it is hard to put into words and for you to try to do that is going to, it's going to be incredibly powerful. Yeah, so. no, I, I I commend you on what you're doing because I yeah I have I've never been put in that place. You know there there was a time in my life when I was like two or three. I remember I remember me and my mom living in an apartment 
without my dad because I know they split for a while. Oh, wow. But they, but they, they got back together. Back together. Um, but like we've never really talked about it because in the end, it it worked itself out. But I, I was young. I was two or three. But I, I, yeah. I remember there was a time like it almost feels like a dream, but it's just something like I've never brought up. I never talk about it. Hell, yeah. I mean, you just got that reaction. Like yeah. you didn't even fucking know about it. Yeah. And it's just you know I don't. Hell, when my mm-hmm. parents listen to the show, they. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll hear if there's any blowback or not. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I'm but no, like I remember that, but like, sorry. but like if I was put in your shoes, I don't know how I could, I don't know how, how I would do it. You know, yeah. part of me would be like, you know, fuck it. It, it would just, you yeah. take that, take that Avenue and just not caring. But you know, the, the way you're doing it, you know, I, I definitely commend you on, on what you're doing because you are showing that raw emotional side of the human aspect of, you know, yeah. showing that you don't, expect an answer you don't expect anything out of it yeah. but you just want to you know as you get older though i understand the need to have to want to know both sides there, there's questions that as you, you get want older yeah. you you understand that life's more complex mm-hmm. than than one side and so i get that um it is funny i get you and your sister because my sister and i are very close intensely close um and uh and uh you know, I'm I'm not surprised the pushback would have come from your sister. Um, I think I do think back to a lot of conversations her and I have had at times. Um, but uh, yeah, and, and like and like Mark, you and I aren't parents. No, do you believe Art that this has made you a better father? Oh, sure, absolutely. Um, I feel in a lot of different senses. I mean, even prior to uh, me pulling the trigger and saying, "Hey, I'm going to shoot this documentary," uh, just having that in the back of my mind that uh, regardless, I'm always going to be here for my kids is something that even before, you know, I was even thinking about kids or even before my wife and I were even married and maybe had that conversation about possibly having kids. um, You know, there was always that sense that it's like, regardless if I do this, like there's no going back. And I feel because of that, uh, it was a much more, uh, mature situation of like okay well listen if we're going to do this we got to do this right so we're going to get married um you know we're going to be living together for a while and kind of build a solid foundation prior to having any kids and that's what we did and obviously it worked out for the best you know and that's not the situation with a lot of people who you know may uh just take the the family dynamic for granted and so maybe they just go off and have kids because they don't understand the complexity of uh being a father and and and, you know just being there and, and that that takes huge commitment just to say hey i'm your dad and i'm going to be here till the day that i die <laughs> you know yeah. no well, I've, I've seen that like in, in friends who have grown up with uh you know like if their dad has left that has made them one of the best best fathers that that are out there because they have you know they have a point to make like you know i was i was left but i'm never going to do yeah. to you what was done to me and that just and and it just you know it, it's it's heartbreaking because it it's shitty that it has to go about that way yeah but it's just one of those fucking horrible blessings that it makes you so much better because of what has happened to you yeah well you you go in it with a different attitude and i actually start i think our hit a hit a point with me we don't have children we're not gonna have children because i'm too old now but um even with my marriage paula and i had a conversation about that 
we wanted to approach our marriage in a certain way mm -hmm. that was different and uh, um, that we wanted to do it right and we wanted to be committed to one another. And we're not <clears throat> huge church people, but and, and this isn't a religious show, but we very much committed to being one together, yeah. right? Being yeah. a unit. And uh, marriage um, is hard, and I think, you know, we're three guys sitting here going – I've been blessed with a, with a great spouse, but it's still really hard, right? It's oh, yeah. not easy. I'm sure we all agree on that, but, yeah. um, you know, it's about work and being committed to, you know, things. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying that every marriage, uh, you know, is going to work out, but, you know, we've worked very hard at it. And I still remember telling Paula, cause we were talking about whether we were going to get married. And I said, uh, just be aware that my thing is if I say yes, that, um, I'm going to do this forever because yeah. that's just, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to, this isn't like for me, like a, like a temporary thing. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, you know, I'm on marriage number two. I've, you know, yeah. whether, you know, whether the fact of that I was, you know, cheated on, you know, it, it makes me, I kind of have that doubt in my head. Like what, what did I do to cause that? So it makes me, try to be better, even though if, even if it wasn't my fault per se, but it still happened. So I still have to like, all right, I, I can change this. I can adjust that. So those shitty parts of your life, yep. you know, it, it make, it makes you stronger. I can't even imagine that with kids, yeah. two young boys, um, that, that intense has got to, that feeling has got to be a hundredfold, right? Especially yeah. my dad was there. My dad and I are, are close. Uh, I've, I'm very blessed to still have him very much in my life. So I, I don't have that feeling of separation. Um, I went through the anger with my dad and my dad can tell you probably stories that are fairly unpleasant mm -hmm. about me being a dick about it. Yeah. Um, cause I was, um, uh, I was old enough to be an asshole about it and feel the anger and frustration. Um, and I'm really hoping he doesn't listen to this podcast. And so, um, um, <laughs> but, uh, so I can, I can relate in a very grain of sand sort of way yeah. to what art feels, but I, um, I, you know, in a very small way, yeah. um, but to open yourself up, I, I think the key word you said, uh, Aaron was vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Um, and those are the, you know, I'm not a big movie guy, but I, I love when vulnerability and I love to see people, on that personal, I'm, I'm interested to talk to art after he has that conversation and yeah. find out what he learns about himself more than probably his dad. Yeah. Because I think you're going to learn a lot about yourself through that process. And I think that will be the part I probably want to hear most, you know, in whatever he says, you know, obviously I'll want to hear that. And I want to hear what your mom says in particular, because in your sister will resonate with me very strongly. That conversation will, but um, the what I the part I want to hear most is from you at the end. What what did Art learn? What did what did you learn about yourself? What did you learn in your heart about the journey that it teach you about you and your boys and your wife and your family and your mom? Yeah, no. because those lessons are going to be lessons that are just incredibly powerful. Lessons. Yeah, I mean, wh whenever the documentary drops, we'll definitely have you back on. Yeah, you know, just Amen. to just to you know do a 
Yep. Yeah, if you guys if you guys have me back, I would love to come back afterwards. And yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I'm not diluting myself into thinking that I'm going to come out the same way I came in. I mean, even now, there's already been things that I've learned that I've uh, kind of started to make me think things a little bit differently as to what exactly happened. Uh, you know, things that are shared that were shared to me now that maybe weren't shared to me because yeah. uh, the conversation was never there. Um, but yeah, absolutely. No, I, I, I know that there's going to be uh, just this huge paradigm shift for me. Uh, it's a journey. It's definitely a journey. And, uh, and like I said, I, I, I feel compelled to want to share it in the only craft that I know how, and that's uh, uh, visuals and that's filmmaking. It's a powerful medium. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a great way. I've not, I've not had a really in-depth conversation with my mother, which is one of the reasons that that, that, conversation in particular mm -hmm. fascinates me i i don't know nor my dad about this right um because i still have them both in my life um i've uh i'm fascinated well let me uh let me ask you and and without you know sounding too nosy uh why why haven't you initiated that conversation uh, what's holding question. you back when i'm sitting here um <laughs> part partly not wanting to know the real true reason for the separation um you do feel guilt. I know um, I was older, so I was 13. Um, and I know there were tension between them. And I have, I've, so when you're older, you know enough, I know enough of what happened to know some of the reason, right? Because I was, uh, I'm a fairly observant guy, even, even at 13, I was fairly observant. So I know some of it, but I don't know the true reason. Um, I can speculate at it. Yeah. And um, like you said, I feel like now that you're older, you understand more and you'll be able to understand uh, right. the complexity and the nuance behind it. So, I mean, again, without sounding too nosy here, and I hope I'm not stepping on your toes no, here in any way, no. uh, you know, it's just that that right there is what fascinates me is that there are a lot of people who may be in, like you said, very similar situations that yeah. just never had that conversation. And, yeah. and I hope that maybe maybe this uh, this particular film or maybe just this conversation in this podcast is enough to maybe put that seed in someone's head enough to be like, you know, maybe be at your mom's house and be like, Hey, so what exactly happened? You know, and right. just have a conversation, non judgmental, non uh, confrontational, just over a cup of coffee. And like, you know, and, and you know, it might be a great conversation that you should have had a long time ago. Yeah. 41 years ago, my parents were divorced probably 41 years ago. Yeah. All right. Now, since, yeah. since no, it, it, it does make me wonder why I haven't had that conversation. Now, since we're opening up and everything, I do, ha I do have a maybe a, a tough question for you, Art, that uh, is coming out of left field. Your, your last name is Perez. Did you, do you have your biological's last name, or did you take your mom's last name? No, that's my biological dad's name. That actually is his name. His name is Arturo Perez. I go by Art, but my name is – so technically, I'm, I'm junior. I'm a junior. Okay. Oh wow. Now, did yeah, you, so have you ever thought of you know having your mom's name or your or what you call your dad his last name or did you like you know it's still my biological I'm still part of him so I want to keep this name. No, there was never any feeling like that, and uh, it's funny you bring that up. We definitely had that conversation growing up several times. I remember it was a very uh, intense conversation at a young age. I was young. I don't I don't remember exactly how old I was and. You know, obviously at the time I just couldn't comprehend the intensity of that conversation and what it implicated. And, uh, you know, my stepdad did have a very 
honest conversation like hey do you want to take my last name i'd love to you know adopt you you know uh legally and you guys take my name in that sense and uh we had that conversation but i for some reason or another i we just i just never took that name and i never took my mom's maiden name um and you know that was more along the lines of what i was willing to align with uh, because I did spend a lot of time with my grandfather. That was something that I spent a lot of time with uh, during that time when my mom was a single mom. Because it wasn't, you know, an immediate turnover to another guy. There was there was a, 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 a there was a big span, yeah, between my mom just having to hustle as a single mother uh, and support two kids, and yeah. you know that consisted of you know family helping out, and that was fell on the hands of my my grandma and my grandpa. Just I, mean, I spent a lot of time with my grandpa and. Uh, you know, there was a time where I really thought like, well, I mean, maybe I should change my last name. Um, and my mother's maiden name is Mesa. So I was, I was, you know, and Mesa's a huge family name. And <laughs> anyone who's listening, who's a Mesa, you know, shout out to you guys. We may be related, um, <laughs> but uh, it, it's a big name. And, and you know, I, I really thought about it. And, you know, all my cousins uh, are all Mesas. You know, my, uh, my mom was the youngest uh of you know her siblings and she was also uh the one of three daughters i mean obviously we're talking about a different time where people had a lot of kids <laughs> and yeah. so uh my grandpa had a lot of kids and they were the last three so i have a lot of older cousins who are mesas and you know maybe we're the, the, the oddballs out that we are perezes for some weird reason but um yeah for some reason or another it just never came to be and uh you know over time i just i, I didn't even see it as a factor and uh now, you know, before we got married, even my wife was like, she even asked me, we had a conversation about that, uh, as to why I didn't change my last name, considering like it's, I'm not, I'm not holding the reputation of anyone's last name, that that name holds no validity to anyone. It's like a neutral last name. And the best way I can describe it is it's a fresh start. It's a fresh start for me to start a new chapter in the Perez lineage where we just do it completely different. Right. And uh, w- where my my children are going to be uh, little Perez boys and, uh, and you know, they're going to do it a very different way and carry on that name in a much different way, apart from whatever happened in that sense. And again, part of that process is getting the full picture because I don't want my sons to grow up and be like, hey, why do we have a last name? Why is grandpa have a last name than us? And for me to be like, oh, why? I, I, I never went out and I was never brave enough to, to get the full story. I want them to be like, yeah, here's what I did. And if you guys want to see this documentary years later, if it's still around, yeah, watch it. This is what happened. That's, that's my dad. But by no means is that your grandfather. Your grandfather is right there on the couch. Right. Yeah. No, that's, uh, so I hope, I hope I answered your question. That was kind of convoluted. No, 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 that's, yeah, that's, that's yeah, that's, that's a, that's a good answer. I, you know, it's just, it's one of those things that just, you know, kind of popped in my head, you know, because we're, I'm staring at your name right now on the screen and it just kind of, you know, I just, I just didn't know which way you went, but no, like the, the little snippets that you've done on Instagram, they're powerful is like just the, the easiest word to use yeah. raw. Um, you know, the, the one that I talked about earlier, when you talk to your, when you talk to your mother and what you said, what you're going to do, you get that, you just get that, you see the emotion on her face and it just, it, it draws you in because it's like, wow, this isn't scripted. This is no. real life. And it's, um, 
Yeah, single you know, mothers um, are amazing people. I don't, um, I don't think uh, the world quite appreciates how amazing single mothers are in this world. Um, in a world where single mothers are more common than they used to be, um, uh, you know, it's just. Uh, I I agree one hundred percent. I mean, it's a it's a pandemic for sure. It's a, it's an epidemic in our society yeah. where, uh, single moms are, are just a very common place to the point where we almost see it as like a very common thing, but it's, uh, it's very devastating. And I don't understand why we don't put more emphasis on that and yeah. celebrate single mothers more. Yeah. Amen. No, it's like, I mean, I, whenever I got married the first time I was young, I was 19 wow. uh, when I got engaged. What and, are you 20 uh, now? Do what? Yeah. 20 now. (laughs) I mean, I was, I was married for a long time. I was married for 12 and a half, almost 13 years. Um, but like, I remember the, the, one of the things that my dad told me was, you know, I don't want you to become a statistic like how he was because he was married beforehand because I have a, Mm. I have an older half brother. And I told him, you know, I, yeah, I, I'm not going to become a statistic statistic. Well, you know, lo and behold, I became a fucking statistic, Sure. but now it's like, you know, I'm, I'm, no matter what happened back then, I got out clean. What I say, I got out clean because there was no kids involved. Right. None from my side. Anyways, there was a kid involved, but not mine, but that's another story. But like, but, uh, but you know, it it is, it's, you know, there's a lot of single parents out there and it is, it is hard. It's, they are hustling and just, you know, seeing, you know, you're going to see in the documentary, I believe of just, you know, from your, from your mom's uh, perceptive perceptive of, of how difficult that was. And that's going to be, I don't know what the word is. It's going to be interesting to see coming from somebody who didn't grow up in that type of house, but as opposed like you that, that did, um, you know, it's, it is, it's going to be, it's going to resonate with a lot of people out there because I mean, I, I would say what half of marriages, maybe even more end, yeah. And a lot of them have children involved. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm just lucky that a, that my parents didn't and b sure. the one that I was in first, it was, it was an absolute clean break. Sure. Like once, once that happened in 2016, that closed that book and I could throw that fucking book away. Right. And there's nothing left involved with that part of my life. And now my Aaron now is not the Aaron from, no, nope. From then, so but it, it is. I'm going to be. It's going to be eye opening and interesting to see yeah. that in a documented form of something that I honestly have no. I'm coming in with no knowledge at all. Yeah, I think art's part about this being uh, with us being too comfortable mm-hmm. and not appreciating the the amazing work that a lot of single mothers uh, do to keep food on the table, let alone all the, the roof balls the and the yeah. roof on the head, all the balls in the air um, is, is really, um, it's sad that we don't uh, appreciate that more. I know we'll have people say, well, we just need to have less single mothers. And I, I'm all for that. Um, but we have what we have. So um, that's an, that's an easy way to like put a bandaid on it to right. just say, Oh, let's do more. Let's do less of that. Well, I mean, yeah. we don't quite understand every everyone's situation is unique, but yeah, I agree with you one hundred percent. I feel uh, it goes beyond uh, what the war would be like. Hustle. It's like 
a, a hustle intensified by uh, necessity, uh, yeah. survival. Yeah. Yep. It's but, uh, no, I, I and, and and I, I you know, I, I do understand there are a lot of people who, you know, may not um, have you know life experience in that particular. A situation you know there's there you know there's people who you know grew up in in a in a very balanced household and there are people who grew up in a very you know broken household much more broken than i you know i'm not sitting here you know playing the tiniest uh, violin for myself um because there are a lot of people in certain situations that are a lot more shitty than what you know i i guess i count myself lucky in that you know, I did have someone there, whether that be, uh, you know, a very hard father figure, but at least there was someone there. And maybe there are yeah. situations with other people who didn't even have the luck to have that, yeah. or maybe they didn't have a mother who was up to the task of, uh, yeah. of supporting them. But in whatever sense, I just hope that this, this film is enough to at least spark something, whether that be a conversation, yeah. whether that be, uh, you know, they, they, they turn it off and they're like, that movie sucks. But then later on, they're thinking about it, like, oh, well, we'll put yeah. a change. And that's all I ask. That's, that's really all I ask. And I feel like that's all anyone can ask is if afterwards there is something that was sparked within you. No, I mean, and, and it's and what you're going to do is you're, you're going to affect people, either people who have had that happen to them. You could also affect somebody who is thinking about leaving and that you could and they're going to see just what it causes and that might generate the avenue to, you know, fix something that is cracked or is broken or something like that. I mean, you're going to touch lives that you don't even that you can't even imagine yet right now. It's kind That's of like amazing. That. I never I never thought about it that way. You're absolutely right. I've never thought about it in that there might be people. I'm always I'm always thinking in retro, like this is going to affect people who it's already affected. But you're right. It could potentially affect someone who might actually be in that situation. And you're absolutely right. I never really thought about that. No, it will. No, it's, it, it's, it's a very powerful, it's a very powerful story and it'll impact a lot of people. I, um, it, <clears throat> those are the, from the, from the point of view of the child, which is where you're telling the story from, you know, from yourself, um, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be incredibly moving. So, so I, I really, I really appreciate you guys. I know it's a, tough conversation but no i i talking about this was uh yeah no i mean the the tough part is all on on your side we're just giving you the platform to yeah to 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 talk about what you know this avenue and this direction that you're that you're taking you know it's an art form that you're doing but it's an art form you know the the best art is stuff that comes from that personal aspect you know it's you know, it, you know, take this show, for example, if Mark and I didn't give a shit about cigars or didn't give a shit about the community or the people out there, you can see with the product, you're not yeah. going to get it just like what your documentary that you're doing, you know, you're putting everything into it yeah. and just seeing the little bit that I've seen so far, just what you've posted, it's going to be powerful. It's uh yeah no it's going to be moving there's no question about it it's a it's a tough subject because uh there's a lot of uh it's a tough subject yeah it's but, I mean it's a lot of moving parts that yeah it's going to yeah it's 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 I don't know I, I, yeah it's definitely it's definitely a tough uh project uh, that I undertook and uh like I said I mean I'm putting it out there now uh, but again it's it's been a work that has been you know behind the scenes for a while. 
up until now where I'm actually just coming uh, to the public like, hey, you know, just spread the word on what I'm doing. But yeah, this has been a very slow moving process. And I personally am a person who uh, tends to try and make things happen quickly. That's Mm -hmm. always been my thing. And maybe to a certain downfall where I'm always trying to rush it. But um, to your guys' point, absolutely. This has been one of those situations where I've had to give people time to uh, be to be ready to have that conversation. Um, and, you know, I could potentially be ready, but at the time, and there was times where, you know, my stepdad was like, well, I'm not quite ready to have that conversation yet. And it wasn't until, uh, you know, one weekend he was like, I mean, do you want to have that? So he was ready. So I have to wait for people uh, and be patient in that sense. And, you know, it's just been a slow moving process and I'm going to continue to do it slowly, you know, just like a, just like a, a good ham, just slow roast it. And uh, when, <laughs> once it's ready, it's going to be good. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to this a lot. It is, um, this is one of those stories that if you tell it right, and it sounds like you definitely are, it's going to be, um, it's going to be incredibly powerful. So uh, I, I, first of all, I, I congratulate you on going on this personal journey, whether you record it or not. Um, this is a, this is a big time adult thing, right? Um, and you and I have talked about the fact that I understand how hard these conversations are. Like, um, so just congratulations for going on this journey yourself. Um, extra congratulations for putting yourself out there publicly, right? Because um, there's a certain amount of vulnerability of sharing stuff like this publicly um, uh, that that makes it even more more intense, mm-hmm. but you are going to impact people's lives. It'll, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. I, I think you'll be surprised by the reaction you get from a lot of unexpected, uh, avenues, uh, when people see it, it is, this is, uh, I think you use the word pan- pandemic or epidemic. This is, this is something a lot of people are going to relate to because whether the father totally left the family or just like my dad did and, you know, was no, no longer part of that direct family unit and was, you know, across town or uh, uh, across the you know, state or whatever. There's, there's a ton of people who are going to relate to this and are going to, um, who are, it's going to make them think. So it, that is, um, people thinking about their lives yeah. isn't a bad thing. Right. Yeah. So that's going to be a great, yeah, thing. no, absolutely. And, you know, um, on a side note, it's also kind of a bit of a science to try and uh, make people comfortable enough to have those conversations while a camera is rolling. And that's oh, another aspect that I'm not going to get too into it, but that's a whole other thing that I've also learned that it takes a special uh, skill, a special science to uh, navigate a- away from people looking directly at the camera because they're conscious that there's a camera rolling yeah. and, and, and making them feel vulnerable enough to have that very serious conversation. So yeah, again, I really appreciate it. And like I said, whether or not people uh, like it or not, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a journey that I just am going to have regardless, you know? Right. I mean, are are you thinking of it as a form of therapy for you? Yeah. You know, yeah, you're right. I guess it is a form of therapy for me. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you said you're doing a GoFundMe. Where can people find uh, that GoFundMe? 
Uh, it's on my Instagram bio. It's also on my Facebook, pretty much anywhere. Uh, I can shoot you guys the link and you guys can put it in your show notes as well. Uh, it's, yeah. And it's just basically like a, like a link and you click on it and it leads you to the actual GoFundMe page. And on there, I've actually done like a video that I've attached to it and it kind of gives you uh, more detail as to what exactly I'm doing uh, and try to keep it a little more lighthearted because I know these type of conversations people tend to tune out. Yeah. So I try and keep it lighthearted, but also try and deliver the facts as quickly as possible. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. No, that'll be good. And I'll, uh, I'll definitely repost it. I'll repost your stuff. Uh, so what, what is your Instagram name that uh, everybody can find you at? Yeah. You guys can find me on Instagram at art Perez dot AZ. Um, that's pretty simple. So art Perez, the period and then a z that's a as an apple z as in sure. zebra um in case you're wondering what state i'm in um, <laughs> <laughs> um and then you can find me on facebook as well it's art perez um i don't do twitter i don't quite understand it i know that sounds really dumb but i don't yeah. I, it, I, I don't i don't get it i don't really care for celebrities like that so uh yeah i don't i don't do twitter um so yeah really it's just instagram Facebook and uh, and yeah, I, I'm a very normal person, very reachable person. So if you shoot me a message on either platform, I'm more than happy to respond. Hopefully, cool. it's a positive message. Awesome, yeah, definitely. Yeah. We'll we'll do that and we'll we'll share. You make sure everybody yeah. uh, checks it out. Uh, you know, donate whatever you can. That's going to be uh, you know, it's definitely something that is uh, it's, it's worth donating to. Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely. I I think the message is amazing. I I think the the. Um, this is something that I think is, is definitely worth of support and mm -hmm. I will definitely. Yeah, uh, no, I, I really, I really appreciate you guys. And honestly, I completely understand, you know, the whole COVID, you know, quarantine has people financially a little messed up. <laughs> so I'm, you know, I, I completely understand, you know, there's a lot of people who, you know, friends and family who have reached out and been like, this is amazing, but I'm not in a position to donate sure. right now. And I, I completely understand that, but mm -hmm. you know, even something as simple as sharing it with people that you may know or may be interested or maybe putting it on your something small, like just resharing the link is, is actually does a lot. It's, it helps a lot. So if you can't donate, that's perfectly fine. Just share it. I would really appreciate a share as well. And uh, I, I appreciate everyone. Appreciate you guys too. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, we've said it many, many times. You know, the cigar community is one of the is yep. one of the biggest out there. It's one of the most charitable. Um, you know, we will will you know, if anything, we'll get we'll get the story out there. Um, but you know, people will 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 donate as well because it's just the cigar community is just the fucking best. It's it just, it, it's, it it's is. one of the best out there. So we've, we've talked about some of the, the harder stuff with this documentary, but you said you, you have, uh, you, you went to film school, you have a background of film school. What got you into, uh, what got you into that, into filmmaking? Um, you know, I've actually been into filmmaking for as long as I can remember. Um, but in a weird way, I think, to put it as my wife would say, she hates watching movies with me because I'm more interested in how things come together. Yeah. And I look out for, for some reason, it's like these glaring things just stick out to me, like continuity issues. Like oh, when yeah. you see yeah. a shot of someone wearing a jacket and then it's, you know, he's having a conversation and it turns back and that person's no longer wearing a jacket. And a lot of people don't even notice. And to yeah. me, that's just, it's so glaring that I'm, I'm like, did you see that? He just magically took his jacket off. Yeah. Like, and things like that. And, you know, it goes even further where I got really into uh, uh, psychologically how it affects people when they're watching the film. Because 
I mean, if you really break it down, all, all we're showing is just uh, a series of pictures in such a way that it presents uh, a certain feeling to you, whether that be they use a certain color. So if I use, for example, the color green while we're having a conversation, uh, a lot of people, uh, for some reason, associate that with a learning process. You're going to learn something new. Uh, if you, you know, if I tilt the camera slightly, uh, again, in, in your head, you think something's about to happen. It's just really weird. It's a really weird human trait and filmmaking kind of a, uh, uh, exploits that and, and and makes us all human and dives into the story. So again, I've always been into that particular part of filmmaking. The visual clue making. We've actually, I'm actually taking a class this semester on information visualization and mm-hmm. it's, it's a, it's gestalt, I think. And it talks about what your eye perceives, giving you an instant perception of something that you're, you don't know, but you perceive it quickly within the first, uh, you know, millisecond of what you see, but you don't know why you perceive it, but you can perceive that it's a learning experience or it's a, a pattern that you see or something you see, but you don't, um, you don't, it's not something you have to think about. Right. And that's what you're talking about. There is something that clues you into what you're about ready to yeah, just like the subconscious. Yep. Yeah, just the subconscious. Uh, your brain just kind of puts it together in, in a really funny way, and, and you don't even notice it. You're just you're just um, like in the back seat, just listening to the story, but you don't know all that goes into it, all the thought and the whole mm-hmm. process that the filmmaking is taking place. All you're all you're seeing is just the story behind it, and that to me was what drew me into filmmaking, and that right there is what just like continued uh, the passion of me wanting to go to film school and. Obviously, once you go to film school, you, you get to see the, the actual nitty gritty of how the industry works. And I feel like that's what turned me off to filmmaking right, is yeah. the actual film part, the, the, the business part. End of it. It's like nobody likes to see how the sausage is made. Yeah. Everybody just likes the sausage. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what, what are some? Uh, who does, who, yeah. Oh, yeah. Who doesn't like sausage? I mean, right. a good dry salami. I mean, that's hard to beat. I mean, right. it's just that's awesome. What are some what are some directors that you get uh, inspiration from? Um, you know, I, I could be cliche and just look to the, uh, uh, the classic, uh, inspirational guys, obviously like geniuses like Oliver Stone or, or Martin Scorsese or even Spielberg. I mean, these are guys that, you know, commercially were a success and they were also, uh, the geniuses who put a lot of uh, things together that we even see to this day. Um, but what really draws me, I think is, is directors who are trailblazers guys who do it on their own doing by their own rules they play by their own rules uh maybe you know make their own path maybe not some uh the path that people who want to get into that industry are expected to take uh who maybe take chances who maybe they didn't come from that particular you know maybe had a, a completely different life basically just trailblazer um, directors and story makers. These are the guys who I tend to gravitate towards. I mean, a perfect example would be like Robert Rodriguez when he shot yeah. uh, Mariachi and yeah. uh, he yeah. shot it on like the smallest of budgets. And if you, if you ever watch the, how they made that film, it's insane. It almost makes you wonder like, really? That's is really like, he was that passionate about making that film to the point where he was, it was just him and some shitty camera and he didn't have enough, this was before digital everything was being shot on film and 
he was shooting on a 16 millimeter and he didn't have the money to develop the film but yet he still went out there and shot it and said you know what we'll figure out the funding for uh, developing this film so they they couldn't even see uh what they were filming they weren't they couldn't see the dailies they were just filming and it came together and obviously it got the attention of Hollywood that they reshot it with a bigger budget. And I personally, I, I still like the original because of its rawness, because yeah, of its yeah. grittiness. Um, and then obviously there's like uh, Tarantino who at, at the time when he first started putting together films, uh, they were unorthodox in the way they were being put together. They weren't the classic linear storyline. And, and now every single show and or movie that's dynamic in its storytelling takes clues, takes takes a cue from Tarantino and how he puts these stories together. So these are guys who at the time might have been a laughing stock, but now you now they're just household names. The guys who do things differently are usually the guys who uh, were actually uh, right from the very beginning. Yeah, no, like I mean, I I love I'm a I'm a film guy. I love films. Like Robert Rodriguez, he's one of my favorites. He's in the top five probably because like what you said, El Mariachi that one got turned into Desperado with, you know, a bigger name cast. You know, he did team up with uh, Tarantino. He did like from dust till dawn. He did, um, you know, that small budget movie where they shot down, in, I believe a lot in Austin. That's where his home base is. I mean, it mm-hmm. turned into, uh, you know, you, a smaller thing. And then you get Antonio Banderas in your second film with Selma Hayek. And then that turns into from Dustal Dawn with, you know, George Clooney and, you know, it's that grassroots and you shoot on a $45,000 budget. You then get a bigger, you get a little bigger bankroll when, you know, studio execs and producers see, see yeah. what you can do yeah. with a little bit of money. Yeah. Let's give them a little bit more and actually really see what he does. And he created some great movies in the nineties. I mean, yeah. and, and even now, like <laughs> in the, in the nineties, I mean, I feel yeah. like now he's, yeah. uh, I mean, I'm not watching spy kids or anything. No, like, I mean, he did spy kids <laughs> and, and other things, uh-huh. but he, you know, he, he loves, he's like, I love Wes Anderson movies because the way he shoots, it's visually appealing to me. I love the head on shots, the color palette. I mean, the, the stories can be what they are, but just the, when you, I mean, when a film first you see with your eyes and there's just certain ones that, are really nice palatable to that. Like you said, the, yeah. the color palette, like with green, I mean, when I think of like a green titten movie, uh, matrix, I mean, you just, get, yeah. you just get those, you know, that's what you see com- coming off of it first. Yeah. It, it puts you in a certain like feeling a certain vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's a lot of new, uh, directors out there who are, you know, poised to be the next people, but, I mean, we can get into it now, you know, it will be another two hours, but you know, Hollywood is, is, is dying with the whole digital revolution, in the two thousands. And then now it's like, you know, I'm shooting a documentary on a DSLR. It's not a cheap DSLR, but it's affordable. And as long as you know what you're doing, I mean, uh, the cliche uh, quote goes that uh, a shoemaker doesn't blame his tools. Uh, you know, it, it's true. Like if you know what you're doing and you know the strengths and weaknesses of what equipment you have, you can make something great. And oh, it's yeah. just it's just a matter of being creative and, and going around. Okay, what can't I do? Okay, I, I can't I can't you know block off an entire street and make cars flip and blow them up. Okay, I can't afford to do that. But how can I do that? And that's the part of being creative. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of great directors out there to this day that. Um, like now new directors who are doing something super creative 
And then you start to look into how they made that. And then you're like, wow, I would have never thought about doing that. And, and, you know, it's just, it's insane. It's amazing how this uh, form of art just evolved over time. And in any, in any craft, there's going to be an evolution. If there's not an evolution, then that particular craft is stagnant. And that's where you see the death of that particular craft. Yeah. I mean, I mean, everybody has, or most people have like a 4k camera in their pocket all the time now. I mean, anybody can shoot a good film that, you know, you, you have one of the products in your hand and everybody has an inspiration or has a, a passion if they want to do that. I mean, I mean, there was like a a full film shot in Disney world, like while it was open and it like, it was like a horror movie or something revolving around Disney world. Mm -hmm. And nobody knew that it was being shot at the, at the time because they just did it with like an iPhone. Well, I mean, it's just, it's nuts what people. Yeah. I mean, I have a, I have a, I have an iPhone 11 pro max, so it's actually really decent. And, uh, actually there's one particular conversation that I had where I just needed another angle aside from my camera. So I just set up my phone as like a B camera Mm -hmm. to shoot a different angle. And I I just set it at 24 frames a second, 4k. And when I look at the footage, I'm like, this is really clean footage for being a phone camera. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I agree with you. If you're creative, you can make things happen nowadays. I mean, that's, that's not far fetched to think that you can, you know, take your phone and be creative with it. And obviously it's not going to match up with, you know, million dollar Hollywood budgets but again not even Hollywood can afford to do these million dollar budgets anymore and when they do it's some commercial thing that's okay mediocre at best you know yeah I mean my favorite movie of all time is Swingers they shot most of that on eight millimeter they had it in like five minute increments I mean they just it was almost like guerrilla style where they they there there's one scene where uh, Trent is talking to him on like the side of the highway. And during that time they were pulled over by cops. So like somebody in their production crew was talking to the cops while they shot this part of the film, <laughs> just because they're like, do you have your permits and all the, all this other shit. So like part of that movie was done th- through that. And then they're illegally. like illegally. And then same thing through like when they were doing Vegas, like that, like the running up, you know, to the casino, like is shot with an eight mil, wrapped in a, and like he said it was like wrapped into a uh like a jacket so nobody could see it and that was you know that was back in 96 so it wasn't like cameras now where you can easily hide it it's right. you know an eight mil camera back in 96 is still that's a fucking briefcase right <laughs> i mean yeah it's a big camera and i mean i think a lot of things changed uh in filmmaking after the what would be considered the DSLR revolution where, yeah. uh, and, and I was, I was actually around for that. I was, I was the, the, when Canon released the, uh, the Canon 5D Mark II, that was the camera that everybody wanted. That was the camera that, um, was at the time was like $2,000, which was a lot of money to me, but to some, you know, it, it, it's not far fetched to think that you can afford to get that camera $2,000. I mean, anyone can, you know, work for, you know, and save and get that camera or finance it or whatever. Yeah. And uh, believe it or not, House was filmed on a 5D Mark II. <laughs> the, the show House is yeah. filmed on 5D Mark IIs. And you look at it and you're like, no, it's not. It's, these are professional cameras. Nope. They were running around with a bunch of DSLRs. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It's Filmmaking is just, 
it's amazing when you get into it and, you know, like you said, watching the sausage being made and you're, you see the raw cuts and just like the, you know, the little snippets that you, that you've posted so far, it's just, it's, um, you know, not only is your documentary going to touch somebody in some way because of the story and the passion behind it, but you know, you could easily just touch somebody in the artistic format as well. Like, Hey, all right. Yeah, I can, you know, there's a, I have something in my life that, Something somebody is going to it's want to listen to it. Yes, yeah, yep. it's somebody's. It's like you know, if somebody says they want to write a book, but they don't know what to write about, be like, trust me, there is somebody out there that wants to read it. Right. I mean, you'll Absolutely. you'll it'll resonate to somebody. Right. So absolutely. Well, we were talking about that with music with the Radiator King. It's mm-hmm. you know, um, initially a lot of musicians get in started with pretty basic equipment and then move up. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like the movie industry is the same way. Um, you're absolutely right. You know, the big money movies are the ones that are designed to be pretty palatable to everybody, but the interesting ones are the ones that are the low budget ones because no one wants to invest. Hey, I've got these out of the box thinking ideas. And so, you know, no one wants to invest in those. Yeah. Yeah. So, so where, where is this movie going to be dropping at? Is it going to be like on YouTube, on your website or, or where, 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 when, when it's finally done, yeah, do you know where it's going to go out at? Yeah. So the plan is depending on, well, I shouldn't say depending, it's going to be a great film. It's going to, based on what I have so far and based on the consensus of the few people that I trust who have seen the raw cuts, most people have said hey you should probably enter this in some kind of film festival so that might be the first step is to do film festival where i really want to get it on and i've actually done my research is uh uh just to reach a wider audience is to put it on a amazon uh, prime video okay that'd be awesome so that way anyone can just look and you don't even have to have a prime membership uh you can just go on to amazon and uh and just watch it and um again it's you know it's not it's not cheap to make a movie. So yeah. again, I'm trying, I'm trying to at least, uh, at least, you know, soften the blow financially of making this yeah, film. Yeah. So may- maybe, maybe, and again, this is all just maybes of like, uh, maybe putting it up for rental for like 99 cents or just something, you know yeah. what I mean? Just, yeah. um, but I feel like when I first, uh, drop it, maybe I'll do like, uh, YouTube has, uh, not YouTube. Um, yeah. YouTube and Facebook have like a thing where you can like invite a bunch of people onto a group and do like a premiere type of thing, like a, like a virtual premiere. So I might do that. Um, yeah, I've I've always wanted to, uh, maybe show it in like a local theater, but again, with, with COVID that's not going to happen. Um, so maybe just do like a virtual screening of it and and make that free. And then obviously if you want to watch it again, or if you want to watch it, you know, you know, at home with some other people, then maybe put it up for rental. Um, again, I haven't quite decided exactly what I'm going to do with it and how best to do it. I mean, obviously, if this uh, GoFundMe goes great and uh, you know I'm able to reach my goal, uh, then there's no need for me to be renting it out. I'll just put it on there for free. You know, That'd be awesome, awesome. Yeah, I, I we'll definitely uh, you know we'll definitely check that out uh, when it does. Do you, do you have like a tentative date that you're hoping to have production done, or is that still up in the air? 
Well, I mean, again, like we talked about how things are moving uh, like molasses when it comes to conversations. (laughs) Um, (laughs) My goal, again, everything has to be done in due time. And again, I have to plan everything out a little bit more uh, in detail uh, because I still have responsibilities here with my kids. Again, I have two babies, so it's really hard to. uh, But again, my wife is super supportive, so it makes things uh, a million times easier when, you know, I'm able to, for example, it's eight o'clock. It was uh, bath time and bedtime, and she handled that tonight on her own. I mean, technically, that's my job is to give them the bath and help them put them down. Uh, but tonight, she's like, I got it. Don't worry about it. And so, again, when you have a support system like that, it just makes things a little bit easier. But my goal is to have these tickets and fly into Mexico by uh, mid-March. Okay. okay, so that would be mid-March. And then once I have that, that would technically be like the last bits of uh, a footage that I need aside from whatever little uh, B-roll I may need, little establishing shots and that all can be, you know, garnered later on. Um, but I'm thinking by, uh, by like June, perhaps okay. that might be a That's good awesome. time to drop it and it would be summer. So, I mean, I feel like people have a little more time to, you know, sit around and, and, and watch a film, you know? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Good. No, that's good timing. No, I, I, it's, <clears throat> yeah, it's, uh, I'm really excited for the journey that you're embarking on. Um, you know, like I said, you know, it's something that I can't resonate with, but what I can resonate with is, you know, the, the subject matter, something that is personal to a, a ton of people out there and just the artistic format that you're doing it with, you know, I can definitely, um, you know, I, I can commend you on that and just the, the story that you're embarking on, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be exciting and I, I can't wait to see that. And I can't wait just to see the reception that, uh, and the, and the, 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 the touching of people that you're going to, uh, that you're going to, you know, do to, to, uh, you know, your, your viewing audience. Yeah. No, I really appreciate you guys. And honestly, I, I appreciate the support um, from you guys and from anyone who's listening, who has donated and shared. Again, I really appreciate everyone. I know it's not something that, um, you know, you have to do or anything. And, and and to answer, just to kind of touch on what, you, what you're saying that you maybe cannot relate or, um, you know, there's a lot of things that we can't relate, but we can appreciate. You know, I, I mean, uh, when I was living in LA, I used to love going to the Santa Monica Museum and there was a lot of artwork, you know, that I personally could not relate to uh, for one reason or another, but you can still appreciate the art. You can still be like, you know what? I understand. Or maybe you don't know anything about that particular life. Like when you see uh, there was an exhibit uh, of this photographer who took pictures of a bunch of homeless people. I can't relate to homelessness. I've never been homeless, but the, the, the pictures were powerful and it, and it, gets you thinking like oh what if i was homeless or you know i don't know if you guys have ever thought about something like that like like what would i do if i was homeless and you know what and you know it's funny i actually sometimes when you know we're getting on the freeway and you see that you know someone asking for a change i always have that conversation with my wife or or, or you know whoever and i'm like you know what if i was homeless like like you know why would i be would it be more effective to do this or, or when you see them on the side of the road you're like that's a really bad spot like if i was them i would go into the bushes over there and build my tent behind that tree so that way you're not so exposed but then it kind of like makes you wonder like okay well mentally like what space are they in they could be uh mentally disabled or they could be you know on some kind of drug usage or some kind of problem that you're thinking about it from a 
sober standpoint, yeah. from a standpoint that you don't, you've never been homeless and you can't relate, but it gets you thinking and it, and, it, and it puts you in someone else's shoes and it makes you a little more compassionate and understanding. And I feel like that's something, again, not to get too off topic again, but I feel like that's something that I feel, especially in this country nowadays, that's something that we're missing a lot of is yeah. compassion for people in other situations. Oh no. I mean, we Amen. definitely live in a time where it's fuck you got mine. Um, yeah. kind of thing. So yeah, it's, uh, 100%. no, well, and I can relate and I'm looking forward to, yeah. um, seeing your journey, um, uh, through its end and, uh, um, and, and all of the, uh, all the in between. So, yeah. um, <laughs> so it'll be, um, um, it'll definitely be powerful. So, I appreciate you guys. Yeah, no, we, uh, we, we appreciate this has been an amazing conversation. Yeah, no, we, we appreciate everything that you're doing and hopefully, um, you know, everybody out there that is listening, make sure you give, give him a follow, you know, uh, you know, donate whatever you can to, you know, get this, you know, yeah. uh, you know, off, you know, off the ground pretty much. I mean, yep. or even more because you, uh, you've already put in so much work and there's still a lot of work ahead of you. And it's just, uh, now you're coming down to like the, even the harder stuff. It, it, it seems like. Yeah. And I really appreciate you guys' tips, even, you know, on, you know, having that conversation with my sister and just the pushback. And I appreciate your guys' tips. Uh, like I said, everyone brings something to the table, the table, whether or not you believe it or not, everyone in some way, I think, can connect to a situation. Yeah. Uh, whether that be like, hey, I have a similar conversation with my sister or I have a similar relationship or you know, I've also had whatever, you know, but I feel that everyone can bring them to the table and I appreciate your guys' tips as well. Yeah. Yeah. We well, you know, we're, we're looking forward to, uh, to seeing, uh, you know, what that, what that end product is and, and hopefully you get the, uh, you know, you get the final product that, uh, not only you're looking for, but that, you know, that you deserve and everything because it's, uh, it's yeah. definitely, you you can feel the passion that you're talking about. And, uh, you know, I, I fully expect it to resonate on the film. Thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, on a lighter note, don't rush into having any kids. They're a pain in the butt. <laughs> Just, practice. Worth it. Just practice. Worth it. Just practice. Yeah, practice. Practice makes perfect. I believe in you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, we will see everybody next week. Thank you, guys. Be good. Later.